Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All Hit Radio. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to another edition of the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next hour, I'm your host and your guide as together we will cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Dale Kaczmarek, and he is an investigator and president of the Ghost Research Society since its founding in 1977. And darn it, that cold is still with me tonight. By the way, thank you all for your your kind uh, suggestions, as well as some very strange and weird uh, concoctions, but I'll stick to Buckley's uh, for now anyway. Uh, okay, as I was talking about our guest this hour, Dale Kaczmarek, um, like I said, he's the president of the Ghost Research Society since its founding in 1977 and author of a number of books. He's joining me now from, I believe it is Woodlawn, Oaklawn, Illinois. The website is ghostresearch.org. And Dale, welcome to the Exona, and I apologize for my raspy voice and my cold tonight. Oh, that's okay. I'm always glad to be on the show. So uh, let me see, uh, how was Halloween for you guys this year? As busy as usual? Uh, believe it or not, because of the weather over here, it was it was uh, not quite as busy as, as normally it is. Uh, I was able to uh, uh, do some investigating uh, throughout October, and mm-hmm. uh, we still have a couple of things we have kind of on, on the back burner, so to speak, uh, before our our. our 2023 is over with. Now, before we went on air, you were telling me that you went over to England and Scotland. Did you do any paranormal investigating while you were over there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there were several very interesting places that we went to. Uh, uh, one called Langenhoe um, mm-hmm. Church. It's, it's basically just an empty field now. They have a sign you know, commemorating where this building uh, in, uh, edifice used to be. And um, well, we, we were using some what, what I call real-time devices. In other words, when we ask a question, uh, we sometimes uh, will get a response that makes sense uh, in direct response to our question. And we were we asked a couple of uh, just ballpark questions like, you know, um, you know, how much of the church is left here? 
and there was none basically. But the response was zero. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, that's pretty interesting because you know, was, it was telling us that there was nothing left of the church. Um, we had went to a, a place called Bramber Castle. Uh, the, again, a lot of these are kind of ruined locations that uh, there's just bits and pieces of the of the of the the building left. Right. And um, uh, we got some very interesting things that happened when we were there. We uh, we didn't see anything per se. We didn't really photograph anything, uh, but we were able to get some um, a few responses that I believe were, were intelligent responses. Uh, more so than residual, and and were these EVPs? Uh, yes, they were. Um, uh, EVP seems to be um, at least in, in, in the way I look at it now because mm-hmm. I've been doing paranormal for so long is probably the easier way uh, to communicate with spirits. I mean, or at least to get uh, uh, an inkling that there may be something there. Um, when I started back in the 1970s, we didn't have a lot of these devices uh, to, to investigate with. We were just walking around with, you know, with a 35 millimeter camera and and uh, a cassette tape recorder, and our EMF device was a compass. <laughs> so you can see how far we've come sure uh, since that time. And a lot of the initial things that I got back <clears throat> in the 70s were on film. You know, we got we were shooting black and white high-speed infrared film at the time. And we were able to capture uh, several uh, shadowy figures that were not visible to the naked eye, uh, but did later come up on the film. And very little as far as any EVPs, which I I kind of found that to be interesting because now it's kind of the flip side of the coin. Uh, We seem to get more audio than we do video or, or still pictures. That is very interesting. And, and um, Dale, for the listeners who may not have had the opportunity of hearing you the last time you were with us, how did you become interested in the paranormal? Uh, well, basically, it was uh, a kind of, I always want to say I kind of blame my parents and grandparents for this because uh, they always told me kind of spooky stories when I was a youngster. I was starting uh, as, as early as, you know, you know, six and seven years old, I remember, um, my my grandparents who, who came from Poland uh, told me some interesting stories up there about a, a bridge that bridge. Uh, people would come across and they would see a lady sitting in, in, at the edge of the bridge and the lady would say something and it was usually a gentleman again that always kind of approached this, uh, this, this apparition if you will and they said they needed somehow for them to cross over the bridge with them, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't walk over. They had to be carried across. Mm. And so they carried this, what they thought was a real person across the bridge, set it down, <clears throat> turned around and that person's gone completely. And I found that to be a very interesting story because it kind of, um, kind of ties in a little bit with, you know, the legend of Sleepy Hollow and yeah. about Crane, mm-hmm. where the, the ghost crank crossed the water, but in this case, it was helped across the water. But now we, I've discovered, especially in the Chicagoland area, as a couple of the books I've written about, Windy City Ghost, that a lot of these locations, and not here, just here in, in, in Chicago, but around the country, around the world, seem to be near running water. So it seems like the, the, the water kind of activates, if you will, or gives the ghost some sort of energy. The natural flow of running mm-hmm. water uh, seems to be something that energizes them or um, helps them be able to communicate either through EVPs or visual or audio or something of that nature. So the water acts as a conduit. It, absolutely, yes, yeah. I believe it is. Um, not only that, but in some cases, limestone. Uh, we have a lot of buildings here in Chicago that are old buildings that are built of limestone. And for some reason, more buildings than not that have been built of limestone have some sort of activity in the past. In some cases, both the water and the, uh, uh, the limestone. There's a, there's a place we did our conference uh, this year, which is a distillery. And there was a haunted underground artesian well. And the well, obviously, it runs 24-7, you know, great tasting spring water. But the whole vault is of limestone. And there's been a lot of activity in that underground artesian well. 
Has there been any scientific research done as to the, the, um, the actual cause when it comes to the limestone and the running water being the conduit for the paranormal? No, and like I say, a lot of scientists, when you get into the scientific community, mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of scientists don't really believe so much in, in the field that we're doing. Scientists very often would like to have things that they can be replicated under laboratory conditions, and ghosts are a very spontaneous thing. But I, you know, I have surmised, especially with the limestone, mm -hmm. that limestone is sedimentary rock. It was, it was put down layer upon layer. Uh, of, of, of this very thin sedimentary, se sedimentary rock. And in some cases, it, it trapped and killed a lot of animals, a lot of, uh, that's where you get a lot of uh, fossils and so yeah. forth coming from there. So, so maybe that's something that, you know, I mean, even though that those, those little animals, I mean, do they actually have a soul? Do they, do they survive like we do? I mean, um, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred thousand dollar question, but I think, between that and just the, this, this flow of natural running water, I mean, it just, it just seems to appear over and over again in the stories and the investigations that we've done that there's always something nearby, underground water, running water, a stream, a lake, or something. I, I understand that ley lines could possibly play a significant part in, uh, in ghosts, hauntings, and uh, spirit communication. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I was in England, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in in, uh, in late late spring of this year, uh, we, we we visited a lot of different locations that are right along the ley lines. You know, places like Stonehenge, right? Um, other places that, in some cases, they will connect with other um, uh, stone circles, or in some cases, some some old uh, ancient buildings or cathedrals or uh, mosques uh, 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 or uh, abbeys and things of that nature that seem to, uh, you know, I'm a great, you know, proponent that this actually has something to do with that activity because if you draw lines and just literally straight lines across the UK and not only that around the world, you'll come across a lot of places that seem to be extremely haunted and, uh, there seems to be some sort of, you know, maybe it, they would call it chi yeah. or some energy that basically is in the, 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 the earth itself or maybe the magnetic fields above the earth that seem to connect these different locations. And it's fascinating. I've read a number of books on it uh, by some you know, authors that really came down to earth and explained what how they believe that this happens. And like I said, I, I truly believe there, there's something to that. Other aspects of the paranormal, including UFO sightings, uh, ET encounters, are also being more and more reported near water as well. Yes. Ab yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, um, I'm, I, I do have a number of books in my library. See, I'm just not a... Uh, a ghost investigator, I really kind of get into a lot of different things that are kind of paranormal, unexplained. Right. And, you know, UFOs has always been something that always fascinated me as well. Uh, you know, there was a lot of a lot of UFO sightings here uh, in the Chicagoland area, including ones that were reported, you know, these, these UFOs reported over O'Hare Airport, you know, some major airport here right. in Chicago. And it, that's very close to, uh, in fact, there are rivers that go past within, you know, not that, you know, and there's underground water as well that are very close to O'Hare Airport. And, um, you know, I mean, some of the the other very famous sightings, uh, I, a lot of them don't come to mind right now, but I have read some of these material that, again, they were, when you, when you later research these uh, particular cases, they were very close to running water, if not right next to running water. So again, um, you know, UFOs. I mean, are they extra? When you're talking about, are they extraterrestrial or are they simply what it is—an unidentified flying object, or right. as you call it now, a, a UAP? Dale, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And Nation, Dale Kazmarek is our special guest this hour. Ghostresearch.org is his website. And you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show right here on Classic 1220. 
And we're streaming around the world on www.classic1220.ca. Your hometown radio, right here from St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. We'll be back on the other side of this very short break as the Exxon continues. Whatever you do, don't go away. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Sponza, and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Dale Kaczmarek is my special guest this hour, Exonation, www.ghostresearch.org. And before we get back to Paul, I would just like to remind everyone that you're listening to us on Hometown Radio, your hometown radio from St. Catharines, Ontario, Classic 1220. And we're streaming around the world on classic1220.ca. The X Chronicles newspaper... The newest edition will be available December the 1st at www.xchronicles.net. Um, before we went to the break, we were talking about the connection between water and paranormal, uh, Dale. And Chicago is on the shores of Lake Michigan, right? And isn't that part of the Great Lakes Triangle? It is. Um, yeah, there, that's, that's another interesting phenomenon because, again... Uh, we were also kind of talking about ley lines and yeah. how they intersect. I mean, these ley lines also do connect with, uh, you know, places like the Bermuda Triangle, the Great Lakes Triangle, the Devil's Triangle. There's another one off the coast of uh, uh, Japan. That's the hoodoo. Uh, and, and so forth. Yeah. So uh, you have kind of what I call like a double whammy. You have the, <laughs> the ley lines, number one, and then you have the, these bodies of water. Uh, which you know they you know, they don't flow like a river, but there are tides, and they come and yeah. they wash in, and they wash out. So there's there's a movement of water all the time, and um, you know the Chicago uh, area has it, it has a lot of difference. Uh, you, know, you got the Chicago River, you got the Illinois River, you got the Des Plaines River, you got small tributaries and so forth that come you know and wind its way all the way down to the Mississippi River. Uh, so you have these these intersecting uh, areas of water, uh, and sometimes you have them also where ley lines intersect too. 
So you have the natural flow of this running water, and you may have this natural energy, whatever it is. We're not exactly sure of, of these ley lines that also play a part. By the way, Dale, I want to congratulate you on the Lifetime Achievement Award for your work in the paranormal field that you, re you recently received. 50 years. Congratulations, my friend. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a, thank you so much. That was a bit of a shocker myself. Uh, I was actually at a, a presentation I was doing uh, in Rockford, Illinois, mm -hmm. which is northwest of Chicago, and I was the keynote speaker you know, for this event, and uh, uh, out of the clear blue sky, they called me up to the to the uh, to the podium up mm -hmm. there in the front of the audience. I go, well, I'm thinking, well, what's going on? Because it's not my time to talk yet. Right. So I get up there, and all of a sudden, they unveil unveil this uh, this uh, very nice uh, plaque for the 50 year lifetime achievement award in the paranormal. And uh, you know, they say you want to make a comment or say some, some something about it. And usually, I am not at a loss of words at all. I can talk uh, literally uh, the, the pants off somebody if I really wanted to. Uh -huh. But I, at that time, I, I was really kind of at a loss of words, and and I was a little, uh, a little tearful, believe it or wow. not, to say the least. Uh, there were a couple people that were in charge of the the event, and uh, they said, "Well, get off the stage before you make us all start to cry <laughs> or something." Uh, so yeah, that was a great that was a great honor, and uh, you know it's 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 hanging in my office now. It's something I'm very proud of, and uh, you know I hope to uh, continue this uh, uh, for many years to come. Well, it, that is an award well deserved. I've known you for nearly 30 years, and you're one of the hardest working people when it comes to the investigation into the paranormal that I know. So congratulations again. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, what has been the most frightening paranormal event that you yourself was part of well again I'll, I'll preface this by saying that usually uh, I'm first of all not fearful when I go into locations mm -hmm. I research them really well so I kind of know what to expect but sometimes the unexpected happens things that happen that you don't expect and um, I can I can, can't really say that I've had a a frightening experience, but I've had something that has really raised the shackles. Uh, you know, got your hair standing up in the back of your neck on your arms and so forth. And this was one that I had um, had a number of years ago when I was investigating Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western West Virginia. It's a huge 256,000 square foot building. Wow. And we were in um, an, an area by some isolation cells where they sometimes put unruly patients. It's kind of like a rubber room, they would call it today. Okay. And there had been a report, and this had been told to me, we've been there several times, and everyone told the story the same way, that there was a, a patient back in time, her name was Ruth, and she didn't like anybody from the opposite sex, so she would throw her, her tray, her food, she would cuss, she would just carry on. And uh, we were only about maybe 30 feet away from where you know, she had been seen a lot, uh, by these isolation cells, and then suddenly my left arm felt that, like had been dipped into ice-cold water or had been put into a freezer. I mean, the goosebumps on the one side, uh, oh the gosh. hair standing up on it, I said, take a picture of this. I'm feeling something really, really weird. And I was there with three female investigators, so that's very important. They weren't experiencing anything. Hmm. And... Um, so I said, take a picture of this, and, you know, I mean, it's crazy. This whole left side kind of like went ice cold. And then um, at that point, something literally grabbed the whole of my buttocks. I mean, I felt an ice cold hand, literally. And I, we got this on videotape on, on, our, on our website at uh, ghostresearch.org. You can actually see that video uh, at night shot. And I... Right away, I said, well, what's, what's going on here? And the females are saying, we don't feel no draft. There's no mm -hmm. draft. There's no, the, the temperature remained the same. Um, and it was right in this, this doorway to this one cell. I mean, we had an EMF device, which really didn't go off. And I was kind of amazed it didn't go off. It just seemed to target me because I was a, a male rather than a female. Uh, and we were so I said, well, let's just stay here a little bit of while longer because maybe something else is going to happen. So we continued doing an EDP session, and we're using um, a um, uh, an ovulus, 
Now, when you're using it in dictionary mode, in dictionary mode, it allows the spirits to form their own words, putting together vowels and consonants to create words, and then putting those to create sentences. So I just asked a simple question. Do you want us to leave, or do you want me to leave? And one word came out, you. <laughs> so I thought that was really kind of crazy. It wanted me to leave. So I said, okay, at that time, we decided just to move on because a lot of times when we're doing investigations, we seem like, in, in some cases, we kind of intrude, so to speak, on a spirit's domain, an area that they kind of, you know, they like or they, they, they've, they've been in for a while. So if we feel that that is happening, we just move on. And we didn't move on because we were scared. I mean, we would have loved to stay there and continue on the conversation, but we just got this word that said you. Sometimes we'll say, do you want us to leave or do you want us to stay? And sometimes it'll say stay. We've actually had this come through, stay or leave. Uh, and if it ever says leave, we just leave because, again, we think we might be uh, in an area that is, um, you know, that the spirit itself, uh, like, claims or, you know, they, they feel comfortable with. Right. And just kind of move on to some other location. Why is it that some spirits remain? For example, I, I've heard over the years many people talk about the Waverly and, and other asylums that the spirits seem to enjoy the interaction between the living on this side of the veil. Uh, one thing I do know about you, Dale, and your organization is you're very respectful. You don't go in there shouting and acting like a bunch of amateurs. You're very professional. And I was wondering if this has something to do with the reason why spirits want to communicate with you because of, of the respect that you show towards them. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, some of these uh, TV shows, and I'm not going to mention any names. Okay. Uh, but could I get enough hate mail as it is? <laughs> uh, but you know, some of these TV shows, you know, they, they provoke. They go and they literally provoke. Uh, they, they, they use profanities. They, they, they demean the, the spirit, which is there. And that's their way of trying to elicit a response. Uh, we have discovered that if we're talking, say, for instance, we are actually communicating with, the, with a discarnate entity of some kind. Right. Uh, that person at one time lived, walked on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a surviving personality, if you will. So if we go in and we're just talking and we're giving the, the, the spirit a voice, if you will, by using these real-time devices, by right. asking appropriate questions, trying to see if they have something they want to uh, you know, re relay to us, we get a much better response than, uh, than going in and provoking and so forth. So I think if you talk to the spirit like you would like to be talked to, I think there's a better chance you'll get response and a communication. It uh, goes right back to respect. Absolutely, yes. You mentioned an obelisk. What is that? An obelisk is a device that was put together by Bill Chappell from Digital Dowsing. Uh, he's got a site, digitaldowsing.com. Uh, it's a very great site. And he uh, had put together this device that is a real-time device. It has multiple modes in there. The two ones that we seem to use most often is a dictionary mode, mm -hmm. which has about 4,300 and some odd words in there, very common to the English language, and then a, uh, a, a, a what they call a, um, uh, a, a phonetic mode. The phonetic modes allows the spirits to form their own words, as I mentioned before, yeah. putting together vowels and consonants. Uh, in the dictionary mode, uh, or in any mode for that, uh, for that matter, you would, you would turn the device on, you would ask a question, and the idea is that the spirits will hear the question and they might pull out the appropriate word uh, to respond. Now, we do get a lot of odd words, but we've had some amazing stuff in the past, um, uh, in, especially in the phonetic mode, which I think is more scientific because now you're not using the built-in dictionary. Mm -hmm. You're allowing the spirits to form their own words. And we've had entire sentences come out of there, in one case, in a hospital. It said literally, get out of here. And there's no mistaking what it said. Um, so this is a, this is a, a way um, to communicate with spirits Getting away from the old EDP sessions where you would ask a question, you'd leave some blank space, 
You'd ask the question. Right. You'd leave some blank space. And then later on, when you get home, you'd listen to that. And in between, in that blank space, you might hear a word. But to me, that's not, that's, that's a one-way communication. That's not a two-way communication. Dale, I hate to do this, my friend. We've got to take our break. Please stand by. ExoNation, Dale Kaczmarek's our guest, ghostresearch.org. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show from the broadcast studios of the Exxon Broadcast Network right here in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed around the world on classic1220.ca. You can always send me an email now, brand new email address, thanks to our good friends at Classic 1220, which we are very proud to be a part of, um, not only as broadcasters, friends, but also the Classic 1220 family at Exxon at Exxon Radio TV. Uh, no, wait a minute. That's Exxon at Classic1220.ca. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Rob McConnell, and welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Today on the X-Zone, the Roswell Crash of 1947. In July of 1947, something crashed near the small town of Roswell, New Mexico. That something is believed to have been a flying saucer by millions of UFO enthusiasts around the world headed by nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman. Now, Friedman has never seen any physical evidence of the alien craft or the remains of its alien occupants, but bases his belief on the stories that he has heard from locals and townspeople alike. According to the United States Air Force and other government agencies, the Roswell incident was not a crashed alien ship. Friedman and his followers insist to this very day that the governments of the world are covering up the fact that the aliens are here and that the denial of the UFO crash at Roswell, New Mexico is proof of this global government cover-up. Join me, Rob McConnell, for another story from the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology when next we meet in the X-Zone, the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Welcome back, everyone. As they, uh, John Sebastian said in the, uh, oh, I used to love watching. Uh, what was, it? what was that show called? Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. That's when TV was really kind of fun to watch. You didn't even mind the commercials way back then. Because I think there were, what, maybe two, three channels if you didn't have cable. Anyway, you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show from the broadcast studios of the Exxon Broadcast Network in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. And you're listening to us on your hometown radio, Classic 1220, and streamed at classic1220.ca. And my email address is, I'm going to get this right, exxon at classic1220.ca. It's, it's, it's a very unique situation here, ExoNation, because 30 years ago, the Exxon actually started our radio journey from the studios of 1220. Back then it was uh, 1220 CHSC. They were on Queenston Street here in St. Catharines. And over the 30 years, we you know, traveled, uh, as, we, as most people do, going from one station to the next, one market to the bigger market to the bigger market, and then you get onto the different networks. And here we are, 30 years later, back here home in St. Catharines, Ontario, Back on class, uh, back on twelve twenty, that used to be CHSC twelve twenty, but is now classic twelve twenty on Lake Street, just across the street from Montebello Park. My guest is our Dale Kazmarek is with us. He has just received a fifty year lifetime achievement award for his great work in the paranormal. Their website ghostresearch.org. What has been the 
the most significant investigative evidence that has been found when it comes to proving that ghosts are real? Well, first of all, congratulations on 30 years. Um, Here's to another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, but, you, but you know what? My 30 years, was, it seems like it just happened so fast. Over those 30 years, I've had the opportunity and priv privilege of doing over 4,500 individual interviews. Wow. Yeah, and many with you and uh you know it's 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 nice that even after all these years you and i can sit down and talk and there's been a learning curve like you were talking about before the the new equipment that you're being able to use we went you went from analog cassettes to digital when it comes to the evps as well as your video equipment has changed so i believe that you, as the uh, the person in charge of ghostresearch.org, are going to be one of the organizations that finally get the evidence that so many people who are not in tune with what the paranormal investigation community is doing, but J John Q. Public will be able to say, I get it now, and they won't be able to deny it anymore. That would be great. I'm all, that's what I'm really hoping for. Um, we had we had conducted an investigation um, a, a few weeks ago, actually, in a place called the Two Brothers Roundhouse in Aurora, Illinois, and mm -hmm. we actually brought along. Um, there was a woman who was doing a story on me, and she wanted to tag along, and she was from WBBM Radio News Talk seventy eight, which is really big out here. It so, is, yeah. Uh, it's a big like news, you know, AM. Uh, they also do it on FM as well. And she wanted to come along uh, with her with her friend who was going to be you know shooting some some film out there mm -hmm. as well, and um, you know we can never tell what's going to go on in during an investigation. We can never tell that if people tag along, you're going to hear anything or see anything. Yeah. But in this case, um, we were in the oldest section of the building, and it was completely to us. I mean, there was no other people there. Uh, we literally heard and recorded. Uh, some some voices in the background that were audible. You know, these were disembodied voices. Also, some foot footsteps, and it sounded like a couple of times crashes, as though somebody had just dropped a whole uh, ten or twelve you know dinner plates on the ground. Uh, and it was it, it really kind of shook us up because we all looked in the same direction, mm -hmm. and uh, we had the recorders going. We had, uh, you know, the, the, our digital recorders. We had also had our camcorders going. We had Sony Nightshot cameras. But, you know, in between all of this, we were looking at an area that was a um, kind of like you would call it like a dining room, and they had a bar right there, uh, like a cozy bar. And three of us, on, on at least more than one occasion, saw a shadow, shadowy figure behind the bar. In fact, the woman from WBBM saw it as well. And so I go, that's kind of cool because now, you know, she can say that she actually saw and heard something that's unexplainable uh, in real time. Um, as you mentioned, with, with, some, with some really good evidence I've gotten in the, to, you know, to explain the paranormal, I think that was pretty cool, right, what happened there. Um, we've had other... Um, times that we have set up cameras in a uh, in a resort up mm -hmm. in Zion, Illinois, which is near the Wisconsin border, and this was a um, a back back uh, a corridor, which is really kind of off limits to anybody except you know people that were part of these the staff. We had special permission to go anywhere in the building, so we had set up two cameras, two night shot cameras literally back-to-back, -back, piggyback, shooting down one side and down the other side. We left them there. We went someplace else. Uh, when we came back later, you know, and we, re you know, we retrieved that data, we reviewed it the next couple of days, I was amazed to see a semi-transparent figure of a shadow that came out of nowhere in the middle of the hallway, hmm. which is a good maybe 30 feet away from the, the night shot camera, uh, very clear that actually comes out of nowhere, 
you can see it kind of pause momentarily on the door jam going into the, the room, and then it just flutters away. And I'm going like, wow, what was that? Because there had been so many things that had happened in this building in the past. There had been a, a gentleman who had died on the treadmill in the exercise room. Holy cow. Uh, there had been a, um, a person that had, had committed suicide on the beach. Uh, there was a um, one of the, um, I can't mention the room number because they, they told me not to. Of but course, one of the yeah. rooms where something happened up there, there was some untimely death. So I think a lot of this, in fact, the, the exercise room was was just literally feet away from where the shadow came out of, like maybe from maybe the exercise room into the hallway where we had the cameras and then kind of stopped momentarily and passed into the other room. And I go, that was really, really extraordinary. Uh, when you see moving shadow figures, I mean, uh, you probably have seen pictures of shadow people yeah. uh, on the Internet. I have some on my, my website. It's one thing to see them uh, and then photograph them or not see them and photograph them, but to actually capture a moving shadow figure, that's really unexplainable. What did the lady from the media say that was there covering it up with her cameraman? Uh, well, she actually uh, uh, she was she was doing a uh, like a, a Zoom session interview with me, and then right. she kind of uh, she took part of that and then incorporated it with the the investigation that she did, and she put it all together and she she posted that whole segment on there. Uh, she just said that she saw something that she couldn't explain, yeah. and there was nothing there. I mean, we had no. No lights. I mean, this was down where no cars could have went past and created a shadow. Uh, we had nobody, you know, in that area with any type of flashlight or anything like, like that. It was just a very, kind of a semi-darkened area that you could barely see with the naked eye. Um, unfortunately, the camera was not facing in that direction. That, that seems to be, you know, I think, spirits in some way. They know that they were that we're trying to capture them on, on, on video or audio, and they purposely do things, which aggravates me, where the camera's not facing them. You know, so we can't sometimes get that 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 tremendous you know, video that we would have we had. We, we did shoot some full spectrum images over there. Uh, we shot some um, you know regular digital uh, film in that area, um, and it's it's kind of inconclusive that anything was act actually caught on the, on the camera because it may have been so short-lived only there for maybe a few seconds by the time you get your camera up and you snap it the thing's mm -hmm. already gone it seems that these these shadow people uh, are something relatively new within the the paranormal community are they a, an evolutionary jump when it comes to ghosts and spirits uh, well, they are relatively new. I mean, it only goes back, I would say, maybe 10 or 15 years at mm -hmm. most, maybe not even quite that long. In fact, my very good friend, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure you've had on the show. Yes, we have, yeah. Uh, we, we worked together for more than 35 years, and um, she was a, a big proponent also of shadow images. Uh, some people, for some reason, get the have the connotation that shadow images are something negative. Yeah, and I don't believe so. I believe that in some cases that is how they just simply wish to appear. Sometimes they might have more energy. They might show up as a full-bodied apparition. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they show up as a as a shadow. Sometimes as a, as a as a fog or a mist. Sometimes as a strange light. Uh, it, I think it has a lot to do with the energies of the spirit and how they are able to manifest themselves two people to be able to be seen and in some cases photographed so uh, I don't think that they're they're negative I think again I've seen moving shadow figures several times uh, in Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum for instance we saw some and again the camera was facing in the wrong direction so I mean it got to the point that now we use multiple cameras mm -hmm. and we face them in all different directions and we we try to capture these things that for some reason see the camera i think you know, they got to be intelligent yeah i was, uh, I was just see thinking the camera that, yeah. and they get on the other side of the camera like haha ha, i'm over here now <laughs> you and i have to take our final break for this hour my friend please stand by indexonation our guest this hour is dale kasmerick website 
ghostresearch.org. And once again, uh, Dale just received a 50-year Lifetime Achievement Award for his work in the paranormal field. And I can tell you from first-hand experience that this gentleman and his crew are the real McCoy. So if you have a problem and you're being haunted and you need to connect with someone who could who could help you, and if they can't, they will certainly turn you in the right direction, visit www.ghostresearch.org. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from... 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern, uh, right here. Where, you say? St. Catharines, Ontario, on the shores of Lake Ontario, between Hamilton and Niagara Falls, on Classic 1220, www.classic1220.ca. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Christmas, Rob O'Connell and crew. What a fine outfit you've got there. This is Daryl Sims, the alien hunter here in Houston in the national state of Texas. Uh, my website is OperationAlienDNA.com and or TheAlienHunter.org, and you're welcome to visit us there. I just want to say that, Rob, uh, you've done an outstanding job, and uh, we're just 100% behind you. God bless all of you, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. This is Alien Hunter signing off. Daryl I'm not a free man, but neither am I chained. I'm not a wise man But neither am I rearranged I'm not a new man But neither am I old I'm not a rich man And welcome back everyone. This is the Exxon and you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show being from our broadcast center and studios in St. Catharines, Ontario on Classic 1220, streaming at www.classic1220.ca. Dale Kazmerich's my special guest this hour. Dale is located in Oak Lawn, Illinois, and their website, www.ghostresearch.org. Dale, you and I were talking briefly before about how using respectful tones and speaking to the spirits in a very respectful manner, does that help you get the EVPs that, that you need? It betters the chance of, of getting that because, again, you're talking to somebody or someone who hasn't totally passed over for whatever reason, mm-hmm. untimely death or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, they, in some cases, want to get a message across. Sometimes they you know, couldn't get a message across. And we've gotten some amazing stuff at, at, at places where people have died, airplane crashes, Civil mm-hmm. War battlefields, places like that, where uh, their life was taken so quickly that they never had a chance to say goodbye. And this is a, I, what I believe is one way that we kind of open up the door for them to allow them to, to get a message across. And in some cases, we don't hear anymore from that particular mm. spirit. And we tried to go back to the same site um, uh, on the battlefield where we had stuff in the past and we just don't get that kind of responses anymore. Maybe they, that's all they wanted to do was get a message across. So I think in our tone, I think not only it's, it's them, them hearing our tone, mm-hmm. but it's the inflection of our voices and the energy we produce if we're provoking on one side or we're talking respectfully. I think there's a, there's a distinct difference in the energy that comes out because I believe, and there are some other uh, EVPers that also believe that, you know, many of the EVPs that people capture are within a few seconds after somebody has asked a question, and they believe, as I do, uh, that the energy we expel uh, to the environment, if you will, 
is somehow captured very quickly and can be used and kind of thrown back at us with an EVP. Uh, so uh, I believe that, um, you know, these go ahead. These, these real-time devices that we use sometimes also incorporate that as well because now we're able to hear it in real time and then we, we, get a, we ask a question, we get a response, and now we can build upon that to start a conversation, if you will. Uh, so that's better than simply in the past asking a question or leaving some blank space, et cetera. Uh, so this is not like a one-way communication anymore. It's like... Um, it's being able to converse and, 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 and do a conversation. We sometimes will do what's called a burst EVP session. We'll record with a digital recorder for maybe a minute or two minutes and then quickly play that back here in real time. And that would be like if people didn't, don't have a real time device, this is what you could do. You could do like a, a one minute session uh, then play it back, and then you could you would hear your question, and then you would hear if there was a response, and then you could build, uh, start a second session, and begin to build on a conversation. And so I often suggest that to people who don't have the money to uh, to to buy some of these devices, which in some cases are kind of expensive, um, but they are produced commercially by a, a lot of very reputable uh, ghost sites on the internet. Something that, that I've learned over the many years doing this show, Dale, is that people like yourself, your group, and other what I consider to be credible paranormal investigation teams are responsible for keeping history alive. You're also historians, and you bring the history, the stories about the, the location where you're doing your investigation. You keep it alive. And, and I don't know if John Q. Public realizes the, the value, besides the paranormal investigation that you people do, but also the historic value and how you keep it alive. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've always said from day one that history and hauntings go hand in hand. You have to know the history of location mm -hmm. to see what may have precipitated a ghost story. Was there an untimely death? Was there a murder? Was there an Indian massacre? Was there a civil war site? Was there, you know, some type of other untimely death? So by going in and researching the history of a location before you actually investigate it, you have a pretty good idea then what happened there. Uh, and what we do is when we produce our report, which eventually goes on our website, uh, so that all people can go on and click on the website, anything we've done in the past, they will get a history lesson. Like you said, yeah. there's a one of the first things after the location and where it's at, there's a whole couple, three or four paragraphs, can be longer, that just says history. Before we even get into the hauntings of what took place, what transpired, uh, you know, in the, in the whole history of that location. And then we get later on, we get into the hauntings and then we go into the personal experience and then we get into evidence. So it, it kind of lays out very nicely, you know, kind of how we do our investigations. And there are, there are text files on my website that people uh, can, can use sort of for their own templates, more or less, of how to conduct a, a you know, very successful investigation. And if, and if people kind of follow uh, those simple guidelines that are also in my book on uh, on on ghost hunting techniques, you have a much better chance of communicating with something. Chicago is a very crime-riddled uh, city. Have you done an investigation at the location of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Uh, we haven't, actually, only because it's, it's, it's on, a, on a private little swath of land right now. Uh, before they put up the fence and before they had this the senior center, it was more accessible to the public. I see. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh it's places like that, and there was you know obviously you know seven members of the Bugs Moran gang shot down very viciously, and there had been residual activity out there. People have been hearing gunshots, been hearing uh, machine gun fire, been hearing sobbing and moaning sounds coming from the area. Dogs react very strangely going past, or even canine patrols from the Chicago Police Department, which are highly trained animals. 
they will kind of you know pull back and they'll whine you know they'll, they'll react to something and animals are very sensitive to that so that area even though it happened back in you know, 1929 mm -hmm. has some residual activity, I believe, that's still there um, on the site. It's very easy to figure out the site because it's on the south end of a housing project at 2122 North Clark. There's five trees, like the five spots of a playing card. That center tree is where the north wall would have stood. That's where they were lined up. And uh, places like that, and there are many in Chicago of untimely death, sometimes hold on to what we call place memories. During your investigations, uh, have you ever come across any people who deliberately tried to deceive you into believing that there was a paranormal event going on? Um, actually, no. I've never actually had somebody do that, and there's really no reason for that. There's nothing they, they would gain from that except to try to try to pull the wool over mm -hmm. our eyes to see if we can determine if it's real or, or, or hoaxed. But I think in, in most cases, what happens is when people have experiences, they don't know what to do with them. You know, they misinterpret what, what's happening. Uh, they, they jump to conclusions. Uh, so they're not faking it. They simply just don't know what's there. And what we try to do is we go there and we try to determine if there's something there, we can communicate with it. And in some cases, if people wanted to move on, we do work with psychics and people that claim that they can you know, coax the spirit to move on to the other side by simply convincing them that they have died. They don't belong in this realm. What are some of the common misconceptions people have about paranormal investigations, Dale? Uh, well, you know, the, the most common is obviously when, they, when people watch these TV shows, they think that that's how a paranormal investigation is supposed to be run. Actually, in some cases, paranormal investigations can be pretty boring. Yeah. You might sit there for hours sometimes and not get anything. Then you have to go through and review hours of videotape and audio tape to see if there's anything there. So it, it can be fun uh, to do that and very entertaining and sometimes eerie and creepy in some cases. But then comes the, you know, the, the, the review, the, the evidence that you have to go through. So, um, you know, that's I think that's what most people don't, don't realize. It takes a lot of time to go through that stuff to see if you even got anything when you were investigating. Um, what steps do you take to ensure the safety and well-being of everyone involved in a paranormal investigation? Well, first of all, we, we always work in teams of two. Uh, we don't let anybody go anywhere by themselves. Even if they have to go to the washroom, we have somebody to go with them and stand by the door because mm -hmm. in some cases we're in buildings that are very large uh, if you go by yourself, you might fall on a set of stairs. Uh, you might be missing for hours and hours, be laying there. We don't know where you're at. Uh, so we also employ everybody has, every group has two-way radios. So if anything happens, you know, they can also call back to the command center to one of us and we can figure out where they're at. Uh, we also make sure that uh, it, it's well, we, we have a well laid out plan of where we're going to go and you know people are going to be in certain areas so we know where these people are pretty much to begin with and they don't wander off too much so again it's also you know making sure people have flashlights they they they, they take you know care to watching where they step and they walk um it's just simple uh, uh safety things and also the, the teams of two also help because you have an extra extra set of eyes and ears in case something does happen. It's not just one person seeing it. Maybe both people would see it because you have a, a partner with you. Dale, as always, whenever you're with us, time goes by so fast. Quickly, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and where they can buy your books. Sure. Uh, you can find all the books available at www.ghostresearch.org. If you buy them from me rather than on Amazon, you can get an autographed copy, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page uh, for, uh, for my timeline and also for the Ghost Research Society. Uh, you can also uh, Google that. Uh, not Google. You can search for their, on, on, excuse me, on, on Facebook and find me there as well. Again, my friend, thanks very much for joining us. Please don't be a stranger because, you know what? I believe that each and every one of us hold a piece of this jigsaw puzzle that we call the paranormal in our pockets. And it's only by communicating and getting around that big table, putting our pieces on the table and working it, you know, completing the puzzle together that one day we will solve this, this very 
interesting puzzle. Thanks very much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. ExoNation, I'll be back tomorrow night at 11 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. So until then, my friends, always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show on Classic 1220, streamed around the world on Classic1220.ca. I'm Rob McConnell. Good night. Good night.